don't give it like a the podcast platform of the Phenomenalist by Leopold Lambert. Today, collecting migrant experiences at the walls of the European Union with Lucy Bacon. Hello everyone, today my guest is uh, Lucy Bacon, who is a PhD candidate in geography at uh, Migrantaire, which is a research laboratory in, in Poitiers that is uh, specialized in international mi migration. And today we're going to talk about migration indeed uh, in relation to uh, Bosnia. Uh, hello Lucy. Hello. Um, so you actually just came back from a field work in, in, in Bosnia for, for your research and uh, we're going to spend a, a substantial amount of time on, on, on you telling us uh, telling us about it. But before we do so, I think it's important we are, we're able to intro in, introduce the context in which... Uh, Uh, the politics at work uh, are um, registering themselves. Um, so, and uh, and uh, I should say that we are we're we're having this conversation with uh, a reference in reference a text you wrote for the excellent uh, French journal Vacarme. Um, so that's 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 able to that allows us to structure our conversation around it. So it's very useful. And you you, you start this text by talking about how um, right now there is a sort of um, visibility for migration, uh, um, uh, the, the 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 way the conditions of migrations are extremely problematic. With uh, obviously all the all the tragedies that we're hearing uh, hearing about with uh, boats uh, full of people sinking in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea and uh, and uh, a lot of other uh, pretty spectacular examples that, that gives uh, a lot of matter to the press to talk about, but that's that's very much missing the point of um, of what uh, what might be what might be the sort of um, Mm, political conditions of what's happening behind it, and and a way to see it might be also that every every um, every uh, geographies of of immigrate of migration are not very registered within the spectac spectacularity, and that's how you introduce Bosnia, right? Is that there's there's a it's a territory that's very important for the migration uh, towards Europe, and uh, and we'll talk about that. But uh, can you tell us, can you start by telling us why Bosnia is uh, such a special place yes. uh, vis a vis this problem? Um, yes, because usually when we, we speak about Bosnia from migrations, um, about migrations in Bosnia, we are always talking about um, IDPs, uh, d displaced persons from the war in the 90s, or refugees, or more and more also uh, ret refugees who, who decide to go back to Bosnia, or uh, the diaspora, the Bosnian diaspora. So there is all this aspect of migrations when we talk about Bosnia, and most of the researchers in Bosnia are working on these issues but no one is working on um, the new migrations uh, like migrants from Africa, Middle East, Far East uh, who decide to go through Bosnia or other countries of Balkans 
And uh, that was I was talking about invisibility at the beginning of this article in uh, in Vacarm, um, because um, yeah, from the academic point of, point of view or even from the media point of view, uh, nobody is talking about this. And also when you look at the civil society, which which is not for the moment interested in that questions. So that was that was the reason why I was talking why I was talking about uh, invisibility. Uh, at, at the moment, mm -hmm. in that moment. And so, could you maybe introduce us to uh, the sort of legal uh, context of Bosnia? Because it's not part of Schengen, even though it's, it's very much part of the same uh, continent, let's yeah, say. Yeah, uh, it's not in Schengen and it's not in the uh, European Union, um, even if Bosnia is now uh, recognized as a potential candidate. Um, I cannot remember the date, but Anyway, it's now Bosnia is part of a process. The name is a, a stabilization and association process. They they signed uh, an agreement with the European Union in 2008. Yeah, that's the date. And uh, from that date now, they are recognized as potential candidate. And that's that means in terms of migration, they have a roadmap, and they have to to. To respond to these different, um, how to say, um, European Union is asking, for example, uh, Bosnia to uh, improve the detention for migrants, to improve the asylum procedure, uh, to improve the border control, all, the, all these things. Um, and so, yes, this is the roadmap. And now Bosnia is in process to trying to, to answer to all the the different things European Union ask. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things you're looking at, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, is, uh, is how this process of sort of integration within the European Union is also, uh, I mean, that's not a word you use, but a, a sort of, a, a sort of uh, extortion, maybe too much, but uh, you, you use the word uh, stick, stick and carrot, like in, in the fact that... Uh, yeah. Uh, um, Uh, because of the because of the the willingness to Bosnia to integrate uh, the European Union and the European Union is able to ask a lot uh, from Bosnia and I think that's where the concept of externalization comes comes in. Could could you maybe t explain to us what what it is all about? Yeah. Um, so the external externalization is basically European Union trying to export uh, its uh, migratory policies in the different countries which are at the border to, to make migration uh, more far away from their countries, your EU members' countries. And you were talking about uh, the stick and carrot, mm. and uh, this is exactly um, the, this roadmap is uh, basically if Bosnia um, improve um, its system to control migration and asylum and all these issues, um, the Bosnian um, citizens will have uh, you know, the right to... Um, it's the liberalization of visas, uh, which means that citizens from Bosnia could go to, can go now to European Union countries without asking a visa for uh, three months maximum. And uh, this is the carrot, and the stick is uh, the roadmap. And um, this process is um, is everywhere in the Balkans, especially in Serbia, even yeah, Bosnia, Kosovo, all these uh, potential candidates and also recognized candidates as uh, Serbia, for example. 
but also you can find this externalization policy in the different country of Maghreb. Um, but there is different forms. Uh, for example, there is uh, in Moldavia or um, this uh, partnership for um, how do you call it in English? Partenariat la mobilité, mobility partnership, I guess. Mm -hmm which is uh, one form of agreement between EU countries and um, country at the border of EU countries. And in Balkans, it's this process, like association and stabilization uh, agreement and process. In Maghreb, it's also different, but all these different uh, agreements are part of the externalization. Uh, and this externalization basically is uh, just uh, ask this country to put, in, to, to put in place different tools to control migrations, the tools uh, which are used by EU country also, mm -hmm. like um, the, the basics in control of migrations, like detention, uh, border police, um, um, readmission agreement, um, all these tools. So it's very much the EU subcontracting other countries to uh, enforce their migration policies, isn't it? Completely, yeah. completely. Mm. Um, so I think that uh, that give us quite a quite a context to to talk about it. Maybe we could also uh, give a little bit of more of uh, precisions about um, when did this politics of immigration started? Because I think it has to do with uh, with the war in Bosnia, so between nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Can um, you tell us about that? Yeah, actually, I discovered this uh, last year when I was uh, reading some texts, some from organizations and institutions uh, talking about externalization, which is a word created by these institutions or organizations. Uh, and um, yeah, I read this, um, I mean, no, sorry, it's not a word created by them actually, but they are talking about external dimension of. Um, but I read, I read that text, uh, which, which is the um, Declaration of Edinburgh, uh, written in uh, yeah 1992, so basically at the beginning of the war in Bosnia and Herzegovina, and they were all there was already they were already talking about this, uh, and it was related to these refugees uh, trying to to left Bosnia because of the war, but also Croatia and Serbia, and they stopped talking about this. Uh, because of these refugees, like uh, the need uh, from the for the European Union country to to improve also um, migration policies, not just in their country but also in the country in the um, in the um, in the fringe at the fringes fringes at the periphery yeah the periphery mm -hmm. of um, and um, yeah they start talking about this at that moment. Uh, which is weird when you think about this. I mean, that was weird for me to discover that text because I'm all, I'm now working on Bosnia, but now, like 2010, and uh, the problem is exactly the same. But now we are talking. Now uh, Bosnia is facing this problem. Not it's not a problem, but let's say like this, is facing uh, facing these new migrations. And like 20 years before, it was their refugees, and the European Union was against these refugees. Uh, okay. Well, I think we could uh, we could now begin to talk a little bit more uh, in a let's say incarnated way because because of this trip, uh, this field trip you just uh, took. This one was quite short, right? Like about a month. But you're in a few months. You'll be back there for six months. 
Um, could you maybe just briefly introduce uh, yeah. the, your trip there? Yeah, so uh, I've been there during uh, one month. I started uh, at Sarajevo in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And uh, then I could say, yeah, I would say uh, I could explain the field work in the same way that uh, migrants uh, usually um, tell me their migratory pass. Uh, when you ask them for the first time um, their migratory pass, they just say the different countries like really quickly. So I can start like this. I went in Bosnia, then in Serbia, and then in Croatia, and then I've been, I've been back to, to Bosnia. And uh, the goal of this fieldwork, which was more an exploratory fieldwork, actually, and uh, I've been to different asylum uh, center, asylum um, accommodation center for asylum seekers. Uh, so in uh, Banjakovilača, which is at the border between Bosnia and Serbia, and then to Belgrade, there is um, at the north of Belgrade there is one Karnjača, and then in the south there is one in Bogovadja, and then I, I did exactly the same, but in Zagreb, uh, in, in a place named um, Hotel Porin. Um, And so the goal was to to go to these different places um, to meet directly people there, so migrants in general, let's say like this, because most of them don't ask for asylum there, because they just want to, to go to Europe. So, yes. <laughs> <that was. laughs> And uh, I, I read a little bit of your, uh, let's say, notes from, your, from, your, from this field work and uh, field trip. And um, one one uh, point that particularly caught my caught my eye, let's say, and, and I think raised some very interesting question. I, I think we we have time to we really have time now to uh, wonder about them, which is which is good. Uh, but but sometimes you you inter you interviewed a, a, a few of those migrants, and and some of them would ask you a question that. I think many people who do some research or uh, um, that involved a, a, I don't know a certain human aspect in anthropology or in geography or uh, it's a question of why why do you do that I mean how is that use, useful and and you you were saying in your notes that you're you're having trouble answering to it in a very clear and immediate way so yeah. could, maybe we can spend an, we can spend a little bit of time trying to to, yeah. to wonder about about this. Yeah, um, most of them, I mean, it happens sometimes that some of them ask me the question, but I have to say that most of them uh, get it directly when I was just saying research, because most of them were at the same level as me. For example, they, they studied before at university in bachelor's degree or master's degree. But yeah, some of them asked me and I, I just noticed that it's because I didn't spend much time with them also. Because when I spent, for example, four or five days with the same people, um, they were just like talking to me naturally. And I didn't have, I didn't need to introduce my research actually because they just, we just start talking. Uh, but that's a very, very big issue like um, to be... Because we are, I think I was not aware of this question from them. Uh, you just arrive in the field, you have your recording, the, the thing to record, you have like all the questions, but you don't think that they will also ask you some questions, which is completely, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's um, completely normal. And um, so, yeah, that's complicated to, because most of the time they were telling me, for example, okay, I want to have this interview with you because I get, I understood that it's really important for your research. And 
even this answer, I mean, I was like, I was trying to explain them how it can be also useful for them. And, uh, but of course, after, after this, they asked me why, okay, I understand that this interview is important for you, but don't tell me that this interview is also important for me and that, that will improve, for example, um, the system here and uh, my situation here in Serbia, which is completely true because I'm not, um, I'm not working directly for them or to help them directly on the field, but this is a, a more long process. Uh, I was trying to explain them that this research, um, the aim of this research is Uh, maybe in a long time to change also mentalities or to change policies uh, by government, European Union countries or all the countries. But um, there was, yeah, there was really hard to explain them even because, uh, also because I wasn't, um, it's hard to be completely uh, convinced that that you are doing something really useful. I mean, this is also a question I have always in my mind. I mean, I think all the researchers have this question. You know that it's not useless, but and somehow you are always uh, wondering uh, why you do, yeah, why you do that, and why don't you go simply like to an NGOs or like just I don't know. Um, and this question was also really hard because I met a lot of uh, people uh, in the field uh, from the No Border Movement. Uh, which is a radical movement to 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 open the border for the freedom of circulation and and uh, they are not in academic uh, they are not most of them are not in at the university because they are also rejected this system and uh, so that was also really hard to convince them uh, why my research is important and uh, because they are on the field all the time they are helping directly migrants they are hosting them at home they are giving them food they are giving them um, specific needs and and I'm not I am not uh, even if yeah mm-hmm. well I, I mean in in any case I think it's always it's always good to keep the the doubt of what we were doing and and uh, but I'm, I'm personally convinced that uh, everyone is working on different scales of time and different scales of uh, uh, of uh, activism. Uh, so uh, I I I am I am convinced that <laughs> this is this is obviously useful. Yeah. But, um, but so um, so continuing in this uh, in this field trip, could you? Uh, I think many many of the interviews that you you've been doing were um, either in the as you were saying the asylum uh, seekers centers, but also uh, if I'm not mistaken, also use uh, near some detention centers as well. Could you tell us about that? Because I mean the very notion of migrant detention center is incredibly problematic in in how people find themselves uh, incarcerated for just being here. Yeah. <laughs> and we had this conversation with uh, Ting Shack in the, in the past about the Canadian migrant centers, and I think uh, it, I'm, I'm always glad to do to make some bridges like that between conversations. And, uh, um, and uh, so after hearing about the architecture of Canadian ones that probably are not that different from... Uh, from the one we see in Europe and in the Balkans, but um, could could you tell us about it? Yeah, because uh, except this different accommodation center in in Bosnia and Herzegovina, I've been to the detention center Lukavica, 
which is in the Republika Srpska, so the, the administrative, the second administrative entity of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. And uh, actually, that's, I mean, that's quite funny in a sense because uh, I asked the Ministry of Security uh, for two years the authorization, the permission to enter this center. And I got the permission just uh, three days before to, to leave uh, Sarajevo and to come back to France. And the situation was really weird because I, I, I called them directly, the immigration center, the detention center, but they, they call immigration center, immigration center. And uh, I called them and actually by chance I, I had the, the director of the structure and, uh, and I explained him that I was, uh, f I fight like for two years to have the permission to enter the center, uh, trying to, to contact directly the Ministry of Security, which is the, the authority in, in charge of the question of migration and asylum in Bosnia. And he told me, you should not call them. We are trying to not work with them anymore. We are, because they are in Republika Srpska, and maybe you don't know the situation, but you know, there is the two entities, Federacja and Republika Srpska, and they are, mm, I mean, there is also this national government, but insti the, the institutional system is really complex. And sometimes you can, uh, you can uh, play with this, actually, because uh, calling directly this immigration center, which is in Republika Srpska, helped uh, us, me and a friend who, who come with me, to, to have this permission. And it wasn't the case with the Ministry of Security. So anyway, we went there and we had uh, an interview with the with the director uh, for two hours. It was really formal interview, nothing nothing special. I mean, all the things he told us was in the report, so nothing new. Uh, and then we visited uh, the the immigration center, which is clearly a prison with a, uh, a lot of uh, policemen inside with guns and um, also a lot of... Uh, uh, cameras and so it's basically a prisons and during the visit um, like maybe 10 minutes after the visit we were trying to take pictures he, he asked he asked us to stop uh, and also he tell us that uh, during the visit um, all the detainees were uh, uh, and locked, locked in their room mm -hmm. and they that also told them do not go to the windows just uh, for, because they didn't want us to, to see them. We just uh, saw two kids, actually. We were in the, in the courtyard when we just arrived and the policemen were completely panicked and asked them to just go inside, go inside. And also part really funny part of the visit was it showed us uh, uh, the different rooms uh, reserved for men and reserved for women. And it was actually, you know, these kind of rooms you can see in the... Ikea store, you know, like proper room. There is everything really cool. There is even books in the in the table. And we know that it's not the truth because we had some testimonies last year from, from, from migrants who, who've been in Lukavica. And also we, we had like some pictures uh, because the channel uh, Al Jazeera made once a report. And uh, and so we had some pictures of this. And that, for example, the, the, the rooms they showed us uh, the toilets were in a separate room, uh, but it's not true. Like the the room for detainees, there is like the bed and the toilets just just next to to the bed. So it was like official, really official visit, and uh, really hard to know what happened there, really, because of course they they were aware of our visit because we called one day and the next day we came just after. 
so they make everything proper and everything was really so yeah but it's interesting to see that beyond the hypocrisy of what they were showing there they didn't seem to really uh, they didn't seem to really uh, uh, prevent you from from saying that it's absolutely a prison like it's absolutely a carceral center and not yeah. an immigration center as I said right it's not some kind of hotel in which you're no, 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 <laughs> you no. wait to be yeah yeah um, and w so what about the what about the asylum seekers center because the, if I'm not mistaken those those are um, uh, those are not accommodating people are, are they uh, they are, they are yeah in uh, okay in Bosnia uh, I never I mean I've been there but not inside because I didn't have any permission but it's a really big uh, accommodation center um, completely funded by European Union um, and it's really new with all the standards but there is no one inside because this is really famous uh, for migrants that if they enter Bosnia without uh, any papers, they will go directly to detention center, even if they ask for asylum, which is specificity of Bosnia, because in the other country, it's totally different. I mean, for Croatia and Serbia, because for others, I don't know yet, but for Serbia, for example, if you are, if you are a person who just enter illegally in the territory um, without papers, and if you ask asylum, you will go directly to an accommodation center and you have the right to stay there. Um, and in Croatia, it's the same. You are not uh, systematically going to detention center, which is the case in Bosnia. Uh, and so we can say that in Croatia and Serbia, there is two different um, accommodation centers. Some places which were uh, before, uh, for example, Hotel Porin in Zagreb was an hotel before, a very, very good hostel, let's say like this, in a suburb of uh, Zagreb. And now it's used to accommodate uh, some asylum seekers. Some of them are there for a few months or a few years waiting for something. And in Serbia, uh, for example, the one in... Some of them have been built just to accommodate uh, asylum seekers, but most of them, it's... Um, uh, old collective center who, which has have been built during the war to accommodate these refugees from Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia and now it's some of them are still there uh, so the, the space is shared like between these old refugees from the 90s and now the new asylum seekers who are staying there like in, just uh, some of them are, are waiting there for months because they don't have any money uh, in Serbia it's it's, um, there is a lot of people uh, like this because of uh, Macedonia, which is just be, uh, before, the, the, the first step before uh, Serbia. And in Macedonia, there is this uh, very famous zone uh, at the border in uh, Loyan, uh, so Macedonia-Serbian border, uh, which is completely controlled by mafia, Albanese mafia, and uh, a lot of migrants have been through this place. And they have been um, in, um, imprisoned by uh, the local mafia. And to be released, they had to give all their money. So most of them arrived in Serbia uh, without money, without nothing. So some of them are yeah are staying there like for months, waiting for money, waiting to to know how to go further also to Hungary. 
And uh, but I have to say that it's really different. Um, I mean, there is a lot of different migratory experiences, of course, because most of them are just transiting. Like they 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 stopped, for example, two or three days in some asylum center, and then they go to Hungary uh, because they have connections, they have money, they have they knows how to, they know how to go where to go. And some of them are completely lost. Like, uh, for example, some of them didn't know uh, in Serbia that they were. Uh, they they found that they were already in European Union. For mm. example, this kind of uh, knowledge about the space and yeah. Well, I mean, the, the very fact that I have to ask you for an explanation of how uh, how things work is is very. I think uh, uh, reveals that most people don't know. So, like. Uh, um, If you come from uh, if you come from Sudan or 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 uh, some place that are geographically pretty far from uh, the Balkans, it's like well, how, how would you how would you know except from I, su I suppose there is there is something very interesting happening in in how the uh, that that might be that might be the, the sort of uh, other side of the coins that might be uh, uh, useful to study as well is that can how. The fact of always, uh, because of control, migra migratory control, you you tend to regroup people. How there's a sort of knowledge that's being produced from this uh, grouping as well, and how maybe people who've been traveling for quite a few months or even a few years sometimes are able to share this knowledge with people who've been uh, traveling, yeah. uh, migrating for. Uh, Maybe a lesser time. Is that is that at all an aspect of your work? Or? Yeah, it is completely um, to to know, uh, for example, how how did they know that they have to pass by this place, and how, yeah, how did they know what what did they know also, and uh, this is the questions I ask them, and you are totally right. Like in fact, when you when you see these different places, uh, there is a lot of um, the information is. <clears throat> Sorry, is always uh, circulating between them, and there were this this funny um, afternoon when I was in Karnjača in the north of Beograd in some accommodation center for asylum seekers. I, I was with some a group of uh, from Ghana, and uh, they were there for eight months, uh, waiting for money, waiting to get some connections to go, and. Um, And uh, one moment, um, a little boy, like 14 years old from Afghanistan, who, Iran, sorry, uh, were uh, traveling alone. So he was an accompanied accompany minor. He was traveling with some friends, but they were also like really young. And he just arrived in front of this uh, group uh, from Ghana and... Uh, He was, I mean, he knew everything about how to go from here, Karniacha, to uh, Hungary and uh, directly also to Vienna without stopping to Hungary because they are all afraid of this because of the fingerprints. Mm -hmm. If they ask asylum there, they will be constantly um, um, deported mm -hmm. to Hungary. So this guy, this little boy was uh, explaining them. He just arrived and he was explaining them four different ways to, to cross this border, to go directly to Vienna. Um, if you have money or not, if you are uh, physically uh, uh, yes or not, uh, if you if you are not, um, I mean, if you are brave, I mean, he was presenting things like this. But uh, uh, and this group from Ghana, uh, who were all adults, uh, was completely surprising. I mean, they they didn't know this, but this little um, child, this little boy, knew everything about this. 
because he already tried and because also he had some contacts, some friends now. He, he was telling us, like, you know, I have some friends in, in France, Italy, Belgium. They are everywhere now. They just succeed. So I know that the roots is the one, it's the good one. And uh, so most of them it like this. But there was, I have to, I can say that it's pretty rare that uh, this information, um, that the different community... Uh, shares this kind of information. For example, when I arrive in a center, uh, the Ghanaian are together, the Malian are together, uh, the Syrian are together, it's Afghan, Afghan also. And so that's why I think for the moment, for as far as I know, um, that they have, they travel in different way. For example, we say that uh, Syrian most of the time are traveling really fast, they never stop or they stop just a few days just to have some rest, to have some food, a shower and just to go. But they really know the routes, probably because the war started like now four years ago, so there's, there is a lot of connections and now part of the family who are already in Europe and I think that's one of the explanations. And they have also money because they, I mean, some of them are, are, are I don't know, have money because they just, uh, yeah, they just are, are refugees from Syria and uh, they were not in a bad, bad condition, condition I guess. Uh, and we say also, for example, people from Afghan, and you, you can see that in the field, that uh, they have no money, but they have good connections. And there is like a joke, but it's not funny at all. But for African people, the other community are saying that they are totally lost because they have no money, no connections, nothing. Uh, and I talked to, I mean, for migrants from Africa I met, that's uh, the only one uh, telling me that if they knew uh, oh, that... Um, one of them told me, like, Lucy, if I if I knew that the trip will be like this until to go to Europe, I, I won't have uh, left my fam my family, my country, uh, and all the African I met were, were telling me this kind of, uh, which was not the case for the others because apparently they they knew before um, that it will be hard, that it will they they will. Mm -hmm. But precisely because we're talking about a uh, migratory path and the sort of uh, the, the geography of, of this path, and I mean, we're talking about Ghana and, and Mali, which are extremely far from from uh, from uh, from Bosnia. Um, one one tool you've been using uh, uh, is a uh, cartography, and I think that's a, that's a, a recurrent uh, instrument uh, with people um, um, interviewing. Um, for archipelago, I mean, many many times we go back to this question of cartography, and uh, one of the questions that I'm always interested to ask, and also because I, I uh, that's a question I ask myself as well, is the sort of um, the sort of relation to cartography, personal relation uh, in 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 the fact that just like architecture, we can think of it as a as a as an instrument that always tends to to assess domination, uh, the act of uh, of uh, of cartographing, uh, uh, of mapping things, and also in uh, it, it really it really um, it produces knowledge that is very easy to um, to go towards the side of control. Let's say. Uh, but obviously, it's not just as simple as that, and I think uh, the, that's why we all very interested in it and and how we can how we can use it. And yours are, are very uh, special in so far that you uh, 
you do them by hands, right? Like you don't yeah. you don't use any software, uh, which which gives them a very uh, interesting aesthetics as well, which which is never completely innocent either. Um, but anyway, could could you maybe tell us your relationship to mapping and how you how you think you can use it as a sort of a political instrument somehow? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, one of the um, I mean the most inspiring um, to to make um, author to to make some maps was uh, the cartographer uh, Philippe Rekasevitz from the Monde Diplomatique, mm -hmm. the French newspaper. Uh, these cards are also made by hand, so mm. and uh, crayons. Yes, yeah. uh, and also these uh, cartographers from the MigroRap network. Uh, so I started like this, and um, and so I use it. Um, I mean, I use it as a tool also to analyze my uh, my different interviews. Uh, for example, I really like to 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 listen them and then to. Uh, to make maps uh, from from this information I collected, but um, I am I had I had two goals. Let's say like this: uh, one goal was to is to represent the the migratory path and uh, in practical terms, like the different places, the different uh, how they reach these places, um, like means of transportation, for example. Uh, things like this, so in practical terms, and also I have one of my goal is to try in this research to make um, let's say sensitive cartography, for example, to ask uh, people I met, uh, okay, what what was the the, the the most important places and why, and uh, what was the key place of your migratory path, things like this. So make uh, cartography more sensitive and also one of my aim is to to try to make a cartography about a representation of the different places uh, for example if I interview someone in the south of Serbia and if he wants to go to Beograd just to 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 ask him how uh, what is the different representation he has about these places he want to reach or also if he is uh, already in this accommodation center uh, what is uh, his representation of this place after he, he, he's been through um, so yeah and uh, I would like to I mean I, I'm not part of this movement but I'm really interested in the radical geography and so this Filip Rikasevitz is totally in and there is also a lot of cartographer from yeah, Migrorup um, and the goal is really to go to, to have um, to make a very different cartography, uh, which uh, is made, for example, by Frontex, uh, who Frontex, uh, so the European Border Police, uh, which is making maps uh, just representing um, place and statistical flux, uh, all directed to European Union. And when you just look at these maps, for example, you do, you have the impression that it's really easy to go from Turkey, for example, to to Europe because it's just line and just... Uh, and also, the, the for example, the, I mean, I think that maps are more and more popular. We can see that in different newspapers. For example, Le Monde is using this all the time and especially about migrations. And for me, it's uh, also completely. They are they are all representing the migrations in a linear mm. way, and that that doesn't. I mean, that don't um, these cards, these maps uh, don't show the complexity or the diversity of these different. Um, so um, yeah, this is this is the goal. I mean, one of mm -hmm. the goal of. Um, mm. 
uh, yeah, I guess we can we can even uh, refer to Bushra Khalili's uh, uh, maps uh, that she did uh, that were that were um, shown at the at the new museum uh, in the in New York in the exhibition uh, here and elsewhere about contemporary art in the Arab world, um, and she I think that's a perfect uh, counterpoint to the. Uh, Le Monde's map, as you were describing them, and there was there was one again uh, yesterday uh, that maybe we can refer to as well. But in the, in the fact that it's absolutely not linear, so what she would do is to to talk to uh, a person that's been uh, that's been migrating like that from a country or another. I think there's a there's a quite a few from uh, um, African countries, but also from Afghanistan and uh, from Iraq. And um, and she was asking them to tell them their story, but while they were doing it, to trace on a map uh, their past. And uh, yeah, it was incredibly discontinuous in so far that sometimes they would get arrested, they would they would be deported back, and they would leave again, or or sometimes it's just dead end. You know, like you just go somewhere and it, you get nothing from it, so you need to you need to go back. So I, th- I think it'd be it's so it's it's always very interesting to show the complexity yeah. of, the, of those paths, right? I think maybe uh, this uh, this exercise of uh, trying to make visible the complexity of those migratory paths and the politics that are behind behind them and are and that uh, that have to deal with the fact that now Europe is absolutely convinced that there is an immigration problem when. Clearly, it's an ideological idea, and and, and there's been there's been a, 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 an incredibly uh, a facilita- facilitation of, of depla- <clears throat> displacement of goods, but quite not of humans. But uh, so yeah. I don't know. Could, could we maybe, as a as a conclusion, address this uh, this problem that is not a problem? Yeah, it's a question of vocabulary. If you present this yeah. like a problem, it's yeah. That's something you're very interested in, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. I saw you were quoting Didier Fassin. In the, uh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it really inspiring, so. <laughs> well, so we're, we can, uh, we can uh, leave the listeners with this, uh, this piano from the Good Door yes. <laughs> behind us. And I guess the fact that we're recording it in uh, such uh, an important place for migrations in Paris is not innocent to this conversation. Especially now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Lizzie, and uh, good luck for your your research and your next field trip. Thank you.